It's so easy to get down and gloomy about our political environment. It's so easy to read too much into the politics of the country. The politics matters. Of course, the politics matters. It matters to a great number of people who go out and vote in the vain hope that things are going to change for the better in the country when invariably politicians are not the ones who make things change for the better. They have their roles at various times. Madiba was critical in uh, the period between 1990 and 2000. Tabo Mbeki grew this economy, his administration with Trevor Manuel at Treasury and Tito Boweni and some really fine uh, bureaucrats helped create an environment in which growth was encouraged. And we had growth rates of four and a half, five percent during that era. We had jobs being created. Sure, it had its problems. And then we went into what they call the so-called lost decade. And then things went really mad in South Africa. Remember that uh, 10th of December was 10th of December. It was December 2015 uh, when Nene suddenly got fired. Boom. It was just like that. It was a Wednesday night. It was four minutes past eight. Um, and uh, the statement came out. Then Tantanene was going to go to the Briggs Bank. He's still waiting. Um, and he was, he'd done a great job, but he was being removed. And then Des van Royen became the shortest serving finance minister in the history of South Africa after Trevor Manuel's record breaking 13 year stint. Des van Royen lasted a sum total of 92 hours. And big business kicked back and they said, no, you can't do this. You cannot destabilize the national treasury. And suddenly this concept of state capture was there for everybody to see. And suddenly the agenda became clear. It had been slow and steady and it had been quite well disguised up until that point. If you weren't politically astute, you wouldn't have been aware of it. But the moment Nene got fired, it was game on. The good guys versus the bad guys. And the bad guys at that point were winning. Big business kicked back and Pravin Gordon was appointed in probably the worst 14, 15 months of his life as finance minister, constantly pulling daggers out of his back and he's still doing it today. Uh, he and Kodisi um, Jonas then got fired and we went uh, through this bizarre period of... Uh, a fashionista at the center of the national treasury and then the Ramaphosa era was brought in and Nene came back and then Nene had to quit because he'd lied about going to the Gupta house. Oh, it's exhausting. But in amongst all of that mess, corporate South Africa got together and said, okay, look, government's not going to fix this place. We need to fix it. And the only way to fix the country is to get small businesses and get small businesses going. And we don't have a, a hotbed environment where people with great ideas get together and just there's no organic environment. So we need to create that environment. And what they did was they collected 1.4 billion rand between them and they put it into a bank account. And then nothing happened for about two years until Ketso Gordon. You remember him? He was the guy who um, most famously, and I hope he doesn't punch me for saying it, but uh, he walked out of, stormed out, stormed out, outraged, out of the PPC boardroom and then tried to go back in again. And I'm delighted that you didn't get back in again because you'd be making cement today if you had. What you've done for the last 10 months is become chief executive of this 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 SME fund, this national SME fund. You've had oversight of 1.4 billion rand. So tonight's how it works is how does this work? 1.4 billion rand of donated money, which is yours to hand out like sweeties if you want to. Yeah, I mean, uh, the circumstances under which this uh, fund were created, I mean, 50 large South African corporates and the PIC put the 1.4 billion together. And... We needed to think about how best to utilize this money to be catalytic. So, you know, just doing the normal business with it wouldn't have been catalytic. So we've thought carefully about it, and we're basically spending the money in three ways. More than half the money will go into what is traditionally called venture capital, the early stage, fourth industrial revolution, technology-driven, young, bright people coming up with very clever ideas about how to build new businesses and solve problems. We've got a second bit of the money going into providing much-needed debt because 
many small businesses want to grow, don't want to give up equity, but want to be able to borrow money. And so we're doing a bit, bit of that. And then a third portion of what we're doing is trying to be catalytic in areas where we think there's huge potential in the future. And, you know, I'll talk about one example where mm-hmm. we're partnering with a company called A2Pay. They are a jobs fund project, have an installed base of a technology that improves efficiency of spaza shops. They're in about 2,000 now, and they'll get to about 10,000. And we are utilizing their fundamentally solid relationship with their customer to lend money to spousal shops to stabilize their ability to buy goods, their ability to expand, and maybe even grow new businesses. Because when we talk about the township economy, one of the verticals that works really well is the sponsor shop uh, industry and the sponsor shop model? Yeah, it's be, it's become under a huge amount of pressure. And there's been lots of pressure from yep. um, lots of Somalis who've come into the country, and lots of Pakistanis and lots of Chinese have come in and said this is manna from heaven because South Africa's had a very disconnected, disjointed survivalist mentality when it's come to running community stores, which is what a sponsor really is. And if you can formalize and educate and train yep. a bit and help, then they've got a fighting chance. And I think sophisticating their environment with this technology and helping with bulk purchases, I think A2Pay is going to make a very meaningful difference to South African, the, the South African owners of Spaza Shops. And, you know, we're very, very excited about partnering with them. But our priority has really been venture capital. Mm. And, you know, if you look at the rest of the world, the majority of the growth and innovation and, you know, dra- dramatic changes to the economy are happening as a direct result of venture capital. Who? So if you look at America, you look at Israel, you look at Taiwan, you look at Singapore, I mean, there are myriad, myriad examples where venture capital has made a dramatic difference. And we've been very slow coming to this party. So last year, the entire country invested $70 million. You know, in the U.S., they do that Every day of the week, including <laughs> weekends before lunch. And public holidays, yeah. yes. Um, what does one need to do in order to come to Ketso Gordon and saying, hi, listen, I would like some money, please, because I've got a great idea, a great product, a great service. I've been you know, going for a week, two weeks, a month, 10 years. So we, we d- d- decided quite deliberately not to reinvent the wheel. So we are not investing directly into businesses. We are a fund of funds. So we find people who have the knowledge and the detailed relationships and are really good at investing in these areas. There aren't many, but there are some. And our job is to assess their ability to take 50 or 100 million rands and, and utilize that in, in the particular area in which they have expertise. So to date, we've committed about uh, 800 million of the 1.4 billion. And we have plans for the remainder of the money, which should be done by around September this year. So you've committed the money to the likes of Knife Capital, for example, which is Cape Town-based venture capital business, 4DI Capital, Savant, which is a a hardware tech incubator, uh, Pape Fund Managers, Summer Place, Growth Grid, Firebird. Some of these are better known than others, Impact Investing. You've committed this money to them. It's now up to them to within, I suppose, a range of constraints and limitations to apply that capital then to businesses as they see fit, because they're the experts in this. Absolutely. I mean, Savant is a really good example out of that, out of that list, just to, to comment on. So they've been around as an incubator, helping people develop hardware into businesses. And they've been commercializing this IP for 17 years. And nobody has given them a fund to follow through their incubation process to invest in those businesses. So we've, we've put together a 110 million rand fund with Savant and they've just done their first deal. 
And it's a really interesting story because it's two young people, both from their own work experience, identified the need for a new medical device and, and created it. And, you know, this is a device that will be used globally. And, you know, it's produced by a South African couple who live here in Cape Town. And they needed 10 million rands to commercialize that idea and begin to supply it to what is already an existing list of customers. So Savan's first deal uh, is, for me, is, is a hallmark deal because we want to be able to support South African inventors uh, who are producing items that are globally competitive and, you know, uh, we, we are really good at, at very specific things, and we should take full advantage of that. Um, and there is this money available. It's money that is available for creating businesses. Now, I spoke to Adrian Gore last week, and he was saying, and he's part of this process, and of course he's been he's instrumental. The, he's our chairman. He's, he's our chairman. He's been instrumental in the setup of this, and he is the chair of the SASME Fund. Um, and he said, look, it's, it's to grow black-owned businesses. We need to get 10 or 12 really substantial black-owned businesses in South Africa. That 10, 20 years from now could be the discoveries, bid vests, shop rights of the future. Do you have those? I think we're doing two things. One is we discovery was once a startup. Yeah. So you've got to start somewhere. Bitvest started in the Joffy's garage for goodness sake. I mean delivering bags of rice. Yeah. We have a very high transformation target. So fifty percent of our cash, whether we give it to Savant or Four D I or any of the other intermediaries, has to be invested in a African black South African African owned business. So, you know, that's our way of, of trying to promote black entrepreneurs in South Africa. So alongside supporting startups, Adrian has called on his fellow CEOs. So we've created something called the CEO Circle. We are going through a process that will help identify from within the supply chains of the large corporates, 10 businesses that have a turnover north of 50 million already with the prospect to become a significant business. And once we've, you know, once we've finalized that list, which will happen early in August, we will spend a lot of time and effort to help those businesses guided by the CEO circle, which are Adrian and his colleagues, to help grow these businesses. So that's a very specific objective we have set ourselves to say mm. these are the five or ten black entrepreneurs who now have a business worth 500 million rands. You would struggle. I mean, you know, you're the business uh, commentator Absolutely. in the country. You would struggle to name five organically no, but, but grown the point. businesses. That's the point. Go and, you know, that's the challenge. And I think Adrian and, and the, the board and his colleagues in the CEO initiative are doing absolutely the right thing in saying let's utilize the ecosystem we have. We have the 50 corporates. We have the procurement offices. We have the mentoring people. We have cash. We have all sorts of things. Let's apply it in a concerted effort to see if we can achieve this objective. We keep getting told that small business is the future, and it most certainly is. I mean, every business was once a small business. Anglo-American was yeah. once De Beers, which was once a hole in the ground in Kimberley, and then it became lots of holes in the ground in Kimberley, and then became the mighty Anglo-American, of course. Um, Old Mutual started 168 years ago in Port Elizabeth. I think Fairburn was in Port Elizabeth. Standard Bank started lending money in Port Elizabeth yeah. a million years ago as well. So all of these guys, every stock business was once a startup by putting a substantial portion of this money into companies that already got 50 million rand turnovers um are we not defeating the purpose of small business because so the priority with those businesses is not money mm. what they need is guidance okay. they need market access they need help in growing their businesses these are emerging entrepreneurs who've never grown a big business before and we if they we, if they are surrounded by people who can help them Identify how to go into new markets.
how to sell, cross-sell their product, you know, how to maybe restructure their balance sheet. There are all sorts of constraints preventing these businesses from becoming bigger than they currently are, and we want to help solve that problem. And they'll be the job creators. They'll be, they'll the, be large, the, job the large-scale job creators because mom-and-pops are, are great, and they can invent things, and they can create an app, and they may employ five or ten people, which is brilliant. But we do need thousands of jobs to be created and tens yep. of thousands of jobs, and we need it to be done in a hurry. We're, we're in a jobs crisis. I mean, the, 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 that is, I mean, that's one of the key issues in South Africa is that we have got a pyramid structure to our corporate or business sector. Mm. And the vast, vast majority are at the bottom. Yep. Over 2 million of them that are survivalist businesses. And they're not going to be employing people. They just about make ends meet for themselves. You know, whether it's the vendor or the, the woman running the salon in the, in the township. And, you know, as you know better than, than many, we have a couple of hundred la- large businesses yeah. in South Africa. And we need to grow more into that large space and many more into the medium space. Which are the ones that employ, you know, 500 to 1,000 people? There, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of strategists and theorists who go, you know what, if you want to apply money well and you want to get the best bang for your buck, you've got to go to somebody who's been running a business for three or four, maybe five years who already employs 10 people because you can double that business more quickly than you can get a business from one to 10 um, because that will take you 10 years and you've got to identify the talent and you can make lots of mistakes. If somebody's created a business that employs 10 people, They've shown an aptitude and a capacity and an ability to do the job. Yeah. Back then. And I think providing, providing those people with debt or equity or market access is the right thing to do. And I think we have the ability to do that. We have a unique shareholding structure where 50 of the large corporates are the shareholders of the SME fund. And, you know, all of them want to play a positive and helpful role in growing these businesses. How experimental can you be? Because it feels almost that we have to start taking some pretty audacious risks in order to really ignite this economy. Yeah, so what we've done with the the money in the fund (laughs) is put some of it in relatively low risk. So, you know, the debt businesses will get our capital back and we'll, Mm. you know, we'll make a return on that money. But that's what allows us to take the very high risk in the venture capital space. So biotech is an area that is changing the way the world works. You know, we keep talking about the fourth industrial revolution. We don't have a biotech fund in South Africa. No. And so we've just created the first one in Cape Town uh, called OneBio. And they will probably do six or eight investments into biotech. And we do have a competitive advantage out of our universities and science councils in biotech. We just haven't commercialized. I mean, that's such an interesting thing. I mean, is it possible? Is it possible to do that? Uh, we think it's very, very possible. And, we, you know, we, the, the, the rule of thumb says you will do six or seven deals. Three or four will not go anywhere. They'll probably die. Two of them will do okay. And one will shoot the lights out and pay back the capital on, you know, on the whole fund. And so, you know, that's been the, the, the practice and the reality pretty much globally. So I don't, th- I, mean, I don't see any reason for why South Africa is going to be any different. I mean, have we seen universities actively commercialize their students' best ideas? I mean, does this happen elsewhere? It's, it happens very successfully in most of the world. We've spent uh, some time with the head of the Oxford Commercialization Unit, and he was at it for a long time. 
and they've just raised a 10 billion rand fund just for <laughs> Oxford University. And, you know, Temasek and Tencent and, you know, all, all of the key investors that you can think of globally are invested in this fund. So one of, one of the, the many things we are doing is setting up a university technology fund with UCT and Stellenbosch initially, and then we'll expand it to all the other universities to begin to commercialize our IP. We sit on really good IP. So there's no, there's no question about our ability to produce the ideas. There is a huge question mark in our ability to take those ideas and convert them into viable businesses. We had one of the founders of Quicket a couple of weeks ago, and they were students at UCT. Yes. And kind of going, well, yeah, what, we need to do something. And they went for a walk in the forest, and I'm not sure whether they went mushroom hunting or not, but came up with this idea that they could create ticketing for, for events. And they started selling tickets to house parties. And the next thing this might work. And they've kind of blundered and bumbled their way through it, quite admit and openly admitting this particular fact. But with some guidance earlier on, they could have been so much further ahead by now um, if they'd been captured earlier. I mean, they are a investee of Knife Capital. And Knife Capital is one of the more established venture capital yeah. players. And we are partnering with Knife Capital in running an incubation program. So we've chosen 10 mainly black entrepreneurs who are going through a one-year program under the supervision of the senior people from Knife and other business experts, and we're going to help them grow their businesses. So, you know, the ecosystem requires you to find incubation, seed investing, and then slightly bigger investing. And, you know, the SME fund is beginning to contribute in a meaningful way to creating that ecosystem because without that system in place, you can't actually grow the space. I mean, there, there, there are lots of people who will tell us that there is plenty of money in the South African environment. Yeah. There just aren't enough good ideas. You seem to be suggesting, however, that there are plenty of good ideas. There are plenty of people who are hungry, but they just don't know where to go and how to start. And that strikes me as something of a, a lost opportunity. I, th I think the, the match between the good ideas and the lots of money doesn't exist at the moment. And one of the ways of curating that is to create the channels. So having a biotech fund, having a hardware fund, having a software fund, having a university fund, suddenly these are the channels that are available. People become more aware of them, and then you can get the right parties to interact with each other. So if somebody wants to access money, if they've got a bright idea and they say, Ketsukor, I must get hold of him, it'd be pointless getting hold of you because you've outsourced get, get the hold responsibility. Of, get hold of any of the funds that we've mm. allocated our money to. Um, and, 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 and pitch. I mean, this is like, yep. this is like Dragon's Den on steroids. Yeah, this is exactly what it is. And if you don't get the funding, you might get the help to get into an incubator yeah. where somebody helps you develop your business with a little bit of cash. And we test it in the market. And if it's viable, you'll get the investment. I mean, this is a massively privileged position to be in, isn't it? I mean, you, you are like Father Christmas handing out, you know, handing out gifts because this is the opportunity to I, grow South African businesses. I agreed with your earlier, uh, your earlier comment. I'm very, very happy that I didn't get back into BBC <laughs> and I'm, I'm doing this today because I think the, you know, the future lies in innovation and getting the fourth industrial revolution to be something practical and pragmatic. And not just talked about in you know in policy forums, but and and we are we are trying to do that. I mean, politically, fourth industrial revolution is very popular. But I mean, the, the deputy president was embarrassed in parliament the other day when he was asked, please, to explain the fourth industrial revolution, and he seemed a little bit at a loose end to do so. For so many in South Africa, they get quite cynical when you say we need to leapfrog. We are sort of stuck in a second industrial revolution environment where we can't even guarantee electricity, and we're talking about highfalutin but, ideas. But, but, but if you, if somehow we need to. Think I'm, differently I'm, about I'm our future. I'm very privileged to have Adrian Gore as our chairman. Yeah. But I'm equally privileged to have Michael Yodan as the chair of our investment committee. And, you know, if you talk to somebody like him, 
he genuinely believes and is putting his money where his mouth is in relation to the leapfrogging. Yeah. Because 5G is coming. You know, data analytics is much more sophisticated than it used to be. There are many more sensors and satellites and all sorts of things for us to collect much richer data that we can analyze and act on, whether it's in relation to farming or shipping or any other activity. So I think, I think the leapfrogging is not a theoretical construct. It is a real thing. And we need to get the smartest people to interact with each other and with business people and capital. So if you bring entrepreneurs, scientists, and money together, which is what we are trying to do in all the right forums, I think we can do the leapfrogging thing. You say that this 1.4 billion rand that was uh, raised, what, three or four years ago yeah. and now lay dormant for a while should be all applied by September. What then? It'll be committed by September. It'll probably take another year and a year and a half to invest the money. Okay. And we are truly excited about what we've seen and what we've been able to do so far. So, you know, I think the logical next step is to go to the board and ask for their support in raising a successor fund. So go to markets, go to open markets and do it? I think go to markets, go to pension funds, go to DFIs, go to international you know, supporters. I mean, it would be such a wonderful thing to allow ordinary investors, I mean, to, to go directly and to, I don't know, uh, almost like raising a bond perhaps and saying to investors, you know, you'll get a return on your money. It's high risk, but yeah, you can participate in the SASME fund. You can do it for 10,000, 20,000, yeah. 50 or 100,000. I don't know what. L- last year in the, in the United States, they raised 25 billion dollars through crowdsourcing through crowdfunding and you know on specific uh, businesses on on platforms and a whole bunch of things and you know they they argue that innovation and creativity is now being decentralized and you don't know who supports a particular idea so you put it out there and you'll find very quickly whether it has traction or not and i think that globally Crowd, crowdfunding is definitely becoming a way to do things, and we need, we need to do more of that in South Africa. I just get a sense that if South Africans bought into this idea that they could help, even with no expertise and no skills whatsoever, whether it be five or ten or twenty or fifty thousand rand, if they could make an investment that could deliver them a return, but they're investing in the country's future, they're helping to create a solid base for the economy, I think people would go for it. I think as long as people do it with their eyes open, this is very high risk stuff. You could lose all your money. You could. Or you could make 10 times your money. But if you lose, yeah. all, if you lose all of your money in a fund like this, then the country's in trouble anyway. Um, and so you may have lost it. You may have lost it anyway. Um, you know, and it's kind of, you know, put your money where your mouth is if you're an optimist on the future of South Africa and invest it. I mean, is it something that you might consider? Absolutely. I think, I think it's, a, it's a, something we want to encourage uh, institutions and individuals to be much more aware of and find a way in which they can participate, even if it's on a very limited scale. Ketzer Gordon, Chief Executive of the SASME Fund, and that was, uh, as he mentioned, Michael Jordan, and I was motivated to say, hold on a second, we've not done anything on this fund, and it was a Michael Jordan tweet, because he chairs the SME Investment Committee, um, and saying this is the biggest institutional venture capital fund in the market, thanks to that funding from big business, and it's about creating solutions to problems. I mean, really, that is what the future looks like, and if we don't invest in bright people with great ideas, Ideas. They take their great ideas elsewhere. Elon Musk took his great ideas. Rolf Buerta took his great ideas. These guys took their great ideas out of the country. And yes, the world's a beneficiary of it. But we could be a greater beneficiary of our own best ideas in this country. And thank goodness for that fund, because some of that might become possible.